This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. This is a Business Radio special presentation from the floor of the Wharton People Analytics Conference in Philadelphia, bringing together some of the top minds and innovative ideas and how data can improve your organization and develop smarter leaders and better businesses. Here's your host, Professor Kate Massey. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is a special presentation of SiriusXM Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. As we are live at the 2018 Wharton People Analytics Conference, this is the fifth annual conference down here in Center City, Philadelphia. I'm your host, Cade Massey, faculty and co-director of Wharton People Analytics, also co-host of Wharton Moneyball here on Business Radio on Wednesday mornings. Over the next hour, we will speak with four leading minds in the people analytics industry. If you don't know, people analytics is a quickly growing corner of the world where we, br- we combine technology and analytics, technology data analytics, and all the employee decisions organizations make, whether it's hiring, firing, retaining, building better groups, assessing culture, whatever it is in managing your employees can be made better by more rigorous and analytic use of data. This conference, we've been doing it for a few years now. We, we blend academics and industry. We think we're all going to be better off if we can work together, and we've tried to do that here every year every spring here in Center City, Philadelphia. We're going to start off this hour with Elena Botello. Elena is our first guest. She is a partner at the leadership advisory firm GH Smart. She is also the co-author of a brand new book called The CEO Next Door, in which they write about the research the firm has done for years now on what makes an effective CEO. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kate. We're delighted to have you, and we're delighted to have you at the conference. Um, Elena will be presenting very shortly after this presentation. In fact, I appreciate your stepping away in the few minutes you have before your presentation. Elena will be on a panel talking about CEO analytics. She is an expert in this. It's what she's been doing for years now. And her book, though it's just out, has just, she just got this great news. Congrats, Elena. New York Times bestseller. Thank you. Yes, very excited. How, do, how does that feel? It feels great. Yes? <laughs> yes. So we want to hear about your research. We want to hear about your book. What is it that you've done in this, in this piece of work? Well, <clears throat> so our firm, GH Smart, is a leadership advisory firm. And what that means is that leading investors and boards call GH Smart to help them bring facts and data and analytics to their most important leadership priorities. It's things like who should run the company, It's things like, how do I make sure that I've got the right leadership team aligned in the right way to execute on strategy? And so with the CEO Genome Project that's featured in the book, The CEO Next Door, what we've done is (coughs) we've partnered with leading academics, um, Steve Kaplan, the University of Chicago, SAS Institute, NYU, and, and others, to really take a close lens on the data about what it takes to be a successful CEO. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be curious to hear your um, insights there, but can you first tell us your methodology? How, how do you go about figuring that out? Absolutely. Well, it starts with the fact that our firm, over a 20-year history, assembled 17,000 in-depth assessments of leaders. And those are anywhere from CEOs to the C-suite. It's a very broad and deep data set. It's the data that was gathered <coughs> not, by be, not by looking at resumes or any kind of publicly available information, but four or five hour expert interviews with each of these leaders walking through their entire career history. What's also unique about our data is that 
unlike most leadership studies that really focus on Fortune 500, we cover companies in size that range from Fortune 10 to a $10 million company owned by a private equity firm. And so it okay. really covers the full span of companies, mm -hmm. um, as well as every industry sector. Okay. Elena, can you, can you tell us about the interviews a little bit? Because I think this is what most distinguishes you from other people in this space who are trying to predict CEO success. Many folks are trying to do this with relatively pithy tests. Yes. And, and the best of these might have a little signal. So many of these don't have any signal. Yes. You guys are doing something very different. You said yes. four to five hour interviews with expert interviewers. What is it you're looking at there? And how do you render that down to data that you can actually then use? Absolutely. Well, the context of those interviews is that our clients are counting on our advice and on the data from these interviews to make their most important decisions. And so the interview is a chronological walkthrough of somebody's career history. And so when it comes to making a decision based on, on their future performance, you don't have to rely on a role play, you don't have to rely on a psychological test. What we're able to do is we're able to parse out the data about their past performance that's most relevant to what's needed for the future and help you predict how likely they are to succeed. And our clients will tell you that we're able to help them um, with 90% accuracy. How, really I mean, that's super impressive. It's, it's, uh, it's almost surprising given that I would think you would need people to be willing to talk about things that don't go well, or yes. their weaknesses, yes. or mistakes they've made. Exactly. How, yeah, how important is that, and how do you get them to, I mean, they know they're being interviewed. How is it that you're able to pull that information from them? Yeah, isn't it interesting? I mean, interview sounds like such a basic thing, right? Most of us interview in some context. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet the number one thing that most of us do go wrong about in the traditional interview process is we never actually look a person in the eye and say, gosh, you've been so successful, now tell me about the five screw-ups that you had. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in our interview methodology, we really look at it as an even balance, right, between listening to the strengths and listening to the wins they've had and how they've achieved them and looking at things that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. And we actually find in our analysis that highest performers are most analytical and most insightful about their mistakes and unabashed about reflecting on their mistakes. That's interesting. Can you go so far as to say it's not so much the kind of mistake, but it's how they think about it and how they talk about Bingo. it? Bingo, exactly. So one of the shocking findings in the CEO next door work is that executives who use the word failure to describe their past experiences are half as likely to go on to become successful CEOs compared to those who are almost clinical and objective and reflect on their past mistakes in a very matter-of-fact way as a way to process and learn for the future. Hmm. So it's not the mistake itself, it's all about how you process it and what you make of it. Wow, that's amazing. So tell us what you've done with those data once you collect them. So you've got this unique methodology of these longer in-depth interviews, you distill that down into data, and now you're mapping that against long-term success in some way? Is that, is that, and where do you get those data? Well, so what we were able to do is we reached back out to the board members and investors to look at the outcomes data. So we took a sample from the database and looked at how did those executives actually perform? And then we partnered with SAS Institute and with Steve Kaplan to look at both kind of structured aspects of the data and just pure unstructured text to look mm -hmm. at how executives behave, how they talk about themselves and their experiences, and what actually tends to be a, a predictive and statistically significant for their future success. And how, how strong did you find that relationship to be? Now we're into the data analytics yes. of it, and you know, these things tend to be 
pretty imperfect. They're not these clear mappings that we kind of wish we would find. How, what kind of patterns did you find? How strong were the patterns? Well, so our uh, scientists and data miner partners will tell us that they were shocked and we were shocked by how strong the, the patterns were in the data. And in fact, so we didn't know what we would find. So we found a couple of things that were really shocking. Number one, a lot of the variables associated with your likelihood of getting hired into the C-suite role Compared to the variables that lead to success, I knew this there's is what a minimal there's minimal overlap. So sadly, maybe that confirms your your expectation. Mm -hmm. But sadly, what it takes to get the job versus what it takes to perform well in the job are quite different things. Well, this is why it's an inefficient market, and Indeed. they need smart intermediaries like yourself. And that's why we need Moneyball leadership analytics. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is why we had this panel this year. So this exactly. is the first time we've talked about CEO analytics at this conference, and. We figured this is a space where there's probably enough data out there now that good analytics could be run on it. And people probably are doing this. We need to find out what they're learning. If you were to provide, we're going to, we're near the end now. If if you were to provide some some advice to those making hiring decisions, based on the book that you've written, the experience that you have. First, go out and buy the book, right? So that's that's the, the CEO that's, next door. The CEO next door. Brand new New York Times bestseller. What What do you think one takeaway is? for our listeners as they think about hiring decisions they may be making? The danger is that the more senior you go, the more there is a tendency to see, to think that I know it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And our data and the research out there proves that you absolutely need to be really clear about the behaviors you're looking for. And in the book, we describe the four behaviors of highly successful CEOs. Mm -hmm. And you do need to bring the power of people analytics to the decisions of who gets to be in power and in leadership roles. I think it really is hard. It really resonates with me what you've said, that people who have been hiring for a while, they've been successful, they believe that they know it when they, they see it. They know it when they see it. And one of the things you're arguing for here is, well, you know, put your judgment to the test, collect the data. You guys have collected the data. And um, you're skeptical about someone being able to just do it intuitively. I, I want to highlight these four behaviors that you identify in your book. So you say that the, the CEOs that are successful have four qualities based on your interviews and your assessments. They are decisive. They are relentlessly reliable. That's a wonderful phrase. They adopt boldly. And they engage with stakeholders without shying away from conflict. I, I, I read a summary of this work when it first came out, before the, the book came out, mm -hmm. and I was delighted because we talk about some of these issues in our MBA courses, and, 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 stu and students aren't comfortable with some of these things. They seem pretty straightforward, but they don't... They're simple, but they're not easy. Exactly. They're very, really? very hard habits. No, no one, no people, nobody tells them that relentlessly reliable is one of the most important... It's really boring, right? But it's one well, of the most important ways you can be. So relentless reliability gave us a lot of trouble because it just sounds so pedestrian and simple, <laughs> yet it's actually proved to be the most powerful behavior. Is With that right? With these four, okay. it's the only behavior that doubles your chances of getting hired and wow. increases your chances of high performance by 15 times. Tell us something, elaborate relentlessly reliable. How can people better understand what it means to be relentlessly reliable? The beauty about relentless reliability is it is actually simple. So if you want to think about being relentlessly reliable, start by showing up on time. Look mm -hmm. at how many times you've been late. It's mm -hmm. little habits that build to a perception and a reality of relentless reliability or lack thereof. Wonderful. Okay, thank you. Elena, very cool work. Appreciate you being at the conference. Congratulations on the new book and how well it is doing. The book is The CEO Next Door. It's just hit the New York Times bestselling list, and we wish you the best with all of your work going forward. Thank you, Kate.
For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 